Hey everyone, this is episode number 111 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is August 10th, 2018. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is the beautiful Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, sir. I actually lagged that entire open. Holy I was shit. like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And this then is, it all came at once. That's not a good sign. It's <laughs> not a good sign. What you been up to? Lagging? Uh, Besides that, anything special? Yeah, just kind of hanging out. Um, playing a lot of ping pong. You still playing yeah, ping pong? How's, how's your ping pong career picking up? Oh, I played a tournament today at work and won. So pretty good. Nice. Yeah. What'd you get? A high five, and my boss was pissed oh. off. <laughs> <laughs> you got a demotion, in other words? Yeah, as I was, like, as I was scoring the last point, I was like, you can't fire me. <laughs> like, we'll see, motherfucker. Yeah. What about you? What are you going up to? Uh, nothing special, I don't think. Really? That's it? Nothing too crazy. That, at least nothing that anybody's interested in, really. That's true. Except for the video games I've been playing. Oh, snap. The only news I have is that the uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection has been released. It's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, it's on everything. It's 20 bucks. (laughs) I just like that entire time. (laughs) Shit. We knew that it was coming, but uh, now it's here. So go buy it. What is this? (laughs) The Mega Mega Man X Legacy Collection is out. Oh, nice. Um, That's actually all the news I've got. Once again, we're a little short on the news section. We got plenty of emails to uh, to pad the rest of this show out. Uh, also, quick note, we are going to be, uh, I'll remind everybody at the end of this episode, we're going to be probably a little bit long in between this episode and the next one, unfortunately. Uh, we have some stuff going on that's going to kind of delay both of us. We're going to try to get it out uh, within three weeks this time, but we're not 100% sure. So uh, just bear with us. And I promise you'll get to be caressed by our voices once again in the near future. Uh, Games. We've been playing them. You've been having them. Who wants to go first? Let's see. I'm going to roll for it. I'm going to roll for it. Are you? You get to go first. Nice. All right. So, authentically for the first time. uh, (laughs) Yeah, definitely the first time we've ever talked about this. Yeah, um, Anyways, so uh, I played um, Dr. Mario for the regular Nintendo. Wow, I did not know that. Fuck up. <laughs> uh, which came out in <laughs> 1990. Um, so this is a puzzle-like game similar to that of Tetris, uh, but instead of having different shapes, um, the icons are actually these pills, and they have only two blotches on them. So think of, of a Tetris square only having two cubes. That's pretty much what these are. And then they have varying colors from yellow, blue, and red. Um, you can have a pill that has two yellows, one blue, one yellow, et cetera, et cetera. So you can have any combination. And your objective is to line up for the same color vertically. And when you do so, um, the all four of them, or however many there are, there's four or more, they will be eliminated. Um, during the main play of the game... It's kind of like how Honeypop are... works, actually. Oh, God, stop it. <laughs> You're an animal. Uh, the main sort of part of the game is, or the, the kind of the main mechanic is these viruses. So uh, in each level you'll start with a bunch of viruses and they are different colors. They're red, yellow, and blue. And you have to try and line up the same color blocks and eliminate them, right? So you're trying to um, you're trying to eliminate all the viruses. That's kind of your main goal. And so there's some really interesting combos you can do. And it's just, you know, it's very Tetris-like, right? So there's a lot of mechanics you can do. Or excuse me, there's not a whole lot of mechanics, but 
the basic mechanic is to eliminate as, as many as you can and make sure you don't get overwhelmed. Um, also similar to Tetris, the music is amazing. The music, the soundtrack for this game is incredible. And Robert and I can kind of talk about this a little bit. I mean, it, it's very memorable. I don't think it's as iconic as the Tetris theme. Um, I personally think the Tetris theme is better just because of some of the different variations that have come out over time. And, you know, it's just a great song. I, th- I think um, it's a slightly better. I, actually, I think it's quite a bit better than, than the um, Dr. Mario theme. Would you agree with that? It's hard. It's really hard for me to say, but uh, um, I may. For me, it's more of a toss-up. Even though there's no denying that Tetris is much more legendary, but it's a lot. I I, I put them a little bit closer than you do. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's still great. I'm both when I play Tetris and when when my playthrough here of Doctor Mario, uh, I listen to the song the entire time. I, it's it's fascinating to me because there are a lot of old games when I play especially games like this where it's more arcade style where you're, you're continuously dying and trying. Um, uh, the, the theme is usually just uh, so annoying. It's just so obnoxious after a while. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's really refreshing because I was listening to this for like the first set, sitting was for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I was like, wow, I've listened to music nonstop. And, it, and I was like, well, do I want to turn it off? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, well, let's just keep going. <laughs> and, uh, I got pretty far in the game. Uh, one of the other things I want to say you know, obviously, when you play Tetris, the game starts to pick up speed, and you know it gets a little bit crazy as you progress through it. In and it gets so for me, Tetris was a little bit too steep of a curve. It went from being absolutely doable to just all of a sudden I was struggling way too much and lost. And I feel like hmm. Dr. Mario has a much smoother curve. I feel like the game progresses at a nice pace, and if you are too slow, then yeah, it does start to speed up to a point that you really can't keep up with it. But I feel like they give you ample time before that happens. And I thought the, the curve on it was just a little bit smoother. I don't know if you, I hear you. have anything to comment on this. Uh, I like smooth curves. Oh, yeah, I bet you do. Uh, yeah, so very fun game. Um, on top of this, I've been playing um, a decent, well, still a decent amount of Legend of Zelda. Not quite done yet. I haven't been able to spend too much time over the last week and a half. I've just been doing some other things and haven't been able to invest the time. Uh, that I want to, but I will say the game is still very fun. I've gotten to this is some of time. more. Yes, this is Ocarina of Time for N64. Um, I've gotten through a few more major areas and done some more puzzles, and I found some very, very interesting mechanics that I forgot existed, and I thought they were executed very, very well for the time. And it, this game still just is just amazing me over and over and over. So I'm very excited to finish it out so I can kind of stop talking about it, but I also want to give like a full you know, review of the game again, just kind of talking through what I've, what I've experienced. Gotcha. And that is it. We'll be on the edge of our seats for the wrap up. Oh, I know. Trust me. I'm so excited. To talk. It's, it's seriously, I, it's one of those games that I genuinely would enjoy talking about for extended period of time. I would love to just sit down with somebody who's recently played it and just talked about it. Cause there's so many like, Oh, remember that part where, Oh, remember that part where it's just, it's one of those games that you just like, there's like a lot of really positive, pretty fun memories to, that I've done so far in the game. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I know you do. You better hear me. Am I lagging? Hello? <laughs> Good one. Thanks, bro. Okay, I played a few games once again. Nice. I think what I'll start off with is the uh, Atari Jaguar game that I played this time. This is okay. uh, only the second one that I've had a chance to play since I bought my Jaguar. So I wanted to make sure to get to one of these this time. I played what is probably the most famous Atari Jaguar game, which is Alien vs. Predator. This was like the game 
when the Jaguar came out. It was like the game that you had to have. It was like, quote, the system seller, if there was such a thing for the Jaguar Wire, which there really wasn't. But <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but, of you. but if there was, and this was it. Was it because of the movie or because it's a good game? It was because of the game. Okay. Um, and in fact, I don't. I think Alien vs. Predator the movie came out way after this. Oh, interesting. Uh, like the a like the seer. What's the what's the guy who did the um the movies? Paul W S Anderson. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This came out like way, 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 way oh. after the um. I was making sure there wasn't another Alien vs. Predator movie that I wasn't thinking of, but no, this is it. That one came out in like 2004. That um, was that late? Yeah, it was that. It was. Oh my gosh, I had. Oh it my wasn't gosh, like that long me? ago, yeah. Um, 14 years ago. <laughs> obviously, this was much, um, much, much before that. In fact, let me look it up. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah, I didn't realize that. Obviously, that, it's like 94, 95 or something. Let's see what it is. 1994. It was 1994 is when this came out. Uh, it's a first-person shooter. <clears throat> you get to play as you, you can pick. You can play as the alien or the predator or a uh, clo- or a colonial marine from the Alien series. Interesting. Uh huh. It's all sounding good so far. Is he the same? Is he the same faction as? Oh no, actually, that no, wouldn't be. Oh, that's interesting. What? Okay, keep going. What's this? Nothing. Nothing. Keep going. Okay. I was just thinking about something. The game is not good. <laughs> So I launched Disclaimer. it. I turned the I, I turned the game on, and uh, you get to pick. Like I said, if you're going to be the predator, or one of the uh, marines, or the alien. So I'm like, let's go with predator. The predator seems like a fun thing to play as. AKA Protoss. Sure, why not? Uh, we can just say that. Uh, so it gives you a screen. It says, uh, like, um, you can go invisible whenever you want. Um, when you kill people, you get honor points. But if That's you cool. uh, but if you kill while you're invisible, it takes away from your honor point from your honor points. And your mission, excuse me, is to find and kill the alien queen. So you start the level. So I start the level, and immediately I'm getting shot by something. So I'm turning around, trying to find out the direction that I'm getting shot from, because there's no indicator from which way you're of which way you're getting shot not. from. And I do a complete, I guess, what two seventy degree turn before I see the guy that's shooting at me. It's a Marine. And so I just have to run up to him and like stab him with Oh, my you don't fist. have a gun? No, you don't start. When you're the predator, you start off with just your claw. And so I have to run up to him and claw him to death. Eventually you can unlock certain guns and stuff by getting enough honor points, but you kind of have to rack up a shitload of honor points to, to get even like the what? second weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, if you if you kill anybody while you're invisible, then it takes away from your honor score. So uh, you run basically you run around in invisibility mode, and it then Does it cost yeah, no, 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 it doesn't cost. It, there's no timer on it or anything. You can keep it on however long you want, and then you, you kind of like set up kills. Yeah, pretty much. You run up to. Uh, it's kind of a. I, I believe the the levels are randomized. At least to some extent, it seems like uh, they might not be, but they they're so confusing that if they're not, then they might as well be. And uh, you run around basically looking for guys and you uh, basically the, the, the tactic is stay invisible, run up, get close to them, turn off your invisibility and stab them to death. But you're always going to get shot. So what inevitably happens is 
You're invisible. You see somebody run up to him. Turn off your invisibility. They start shooting at you, and y'all are just shooting at each other and stabbing each other until the until the marine dies. <laughs> Obviously, you're taking damage through all this. So, uh, so I mean, there's there's not really any way around that because that's just what it is. You're sitting there it's stabbing sets them. Sets you up for failure, right? It sets you up for failure. Yeah, it does. I got. I eventually just died on the first level, and I don't oh know. Oh my gosh! And there's no there's no other like thing to do. Besides that, I don't know how. I'm sure there's some way to do it better than I was, but I. But it shouldn't don't. be that hard, right? It's the very beginning. Right. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, and also, while you're in invisibility mode, you have these like visual filters on the screen. It kind of gives you like predator vision, you know, in the predator movie, yeah. how he has like heat vision and stuff like that. And you have a button that you can press to cycle through different like filters, different like vi- like visual filters, you know. Some of them, you literally cannot tell what's going on on the screen. It's just static. It's supposed to look like heat vision, but it's just like pink and yellow and purple static. And you literally cannot tell the walls. You cannot see where walls are. You can't tell from the windows to the wall. You can't tell from the windows to the wall, to the floor, to the ceiling, to just open space. <laughs> it's a quote from a song. Oh, okay. Um, there are, f- I think, five different filters that you can use and two of them you can see pretty well in where it's just like everything is green or everything is purple without like all the static shit. So why was this game so popular then? I'm not too sure. I really, so one thing it does do pretty well is it really does capture the feeling of an alien or a predator movie pretty well. The, uh, the visual design besides the, the fucked up filters that you have to use when you're invisible. Um, the visual design is really good, uh, you know, for the time, of course, this was 1994. So, you know, you got to give it a little credit, you know, a little, a little leeway rather, but there's a little heads up. There's, there's heads up displays that look really authentic to alien versus predator. The, the designs of the aliens look good. Um, I guess that's probably about it. <laughs> the, wow. the, the, you're, you're Short in list. kind of, you're in kind of like a, uh, like a, like a military compound, and it looks very alienish, so everything visually really does look pretty authentic for an alien or predator, you know, franchise type game. Uh, the only, again, the only thing that's bad about the visuals is when is like a couple of these filters where you literally cannot tell what the fuck is going on on the screen. It's just looking, it's just like looking at static that's moving around. Um, outside of that, I don't know why else why why this was so pro- popular. So. I, I die on the first level because there's no way to avoid damage because it's just you stabbing somebody while he's shooting at you. You can only do that so much before you run out of health and die. I don't know what the trick is. So I'm like, well, let's let's back this up a little bit. And I'll probably, you know, I got the soldier and the alien left. Uh, alien sounds cool, but maybe I need to start off with a soldier. It sounds a little bit more basic. So I play as a soldier. Uh, I start as him and you're um, go. I think... I think the soldier's goal is not necessarily to kill the alien queen, but just to like escape from the compound. And so you are running around. You find you start off with no weapons, but but there, you don't come across any any uh, bad guys before you find a weapon. You find a shotgun like in the first. What? You find a shotgun like almost instantly. So that I guess it's almost not even worth mentioning. Basically, you start off with a shotgun, and you run around, and there's aliens running around all over the place, and you have to shoot them to kill them. It takes three shots with the shotgun to kill uh, an alien. Not, nothing, yeah. Do you think that they made the human campaign and then just kind of like made the predator one really, really short? <laughs> like they were just like, ah, eh, we'll just you know kind of 
let it do its thing. <laughs> no, I no, I think they're all equal length, pretty much. Oh wow! Um, just already based based on what you said so far, it sounds like they gave this one a little bit more love. Um, I don't think so because the the predator has kind of unique mechanics with going invisible and the honor system and all that, and the soldier is a little bit more straightforward. It's just kill everything that's in your way and just try to get out. Okay. Um, playing with a soldier is a little bit easier because, you know, the aliens, they can only do, they can only melee attack you. So if you keep your, if you're able to keep your distance, then you can shoot them, you know, from a little bit of a distance and, uh, and kill them before they can attack you. But here's the problem. You can't kill them. You can't be too close to them when you kill them because as you know, aliens have acidic blood and it'll spray all over you when you kill them. So if you're really close and you kill one, then you take damage. Here's so a, your melee. <laughs> well, you don't have melee when you're a soldier. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was for the, the predator. Okay. No, no. Well, well. I didn't think Do they have the same the, mechanic when you're a predator. You know, I think they're well. Okay, when you're the predator, when I was the predator, I was I was fighting uh, soldiers. Hmm. But I think there may be some aliens. I could be wrong. I think there may be some aliens as well that you eventually get to. So I'm just not. I can't speak to that. I'm not sure. Okay. But when you're the soldier, you're running. You, you can't kill an alien too close, or else it'll spray its acid blood all over you when it dies, and you take damage. Here's the other shitty thing, though: when you kill an alien, it turns and it like you know dies on the ground, and its corpse stays there, and it's a pile of acid blood on the ground. Oh my gosh! You cannot walk over it, or else you take damage. <laughs> so if you kill it at the wrong spot, which is almost impossible not to do. Are you kidding me? Because there are so damn many parts in the game where you're in a small corridor or right next to a door or like just in a little hallway. There were so many times where I killed one that I just had to walk over and take damage because there was no other place to go. <laughs> it was pretty shitty. Um, Sounds like it. There, there are, when I was playing as a soldier, there are more like health packs that I would find lying around that, that did help with that somewhat. But I really hate the idea that you have to, plan where you kill one of these things. And in some case, in some situations you really don't have a choice and you're just going to have to take damage from walking over them after they die. I also found a, uh, an air duct at one point that I could go into and I went into the air duct and it started immediately getting attacked by an alien that was just sitting right there <laughs> on the other side of the air duct. So it sounds like half-life. <laughs> uh, I w would not. How's that like half-life? Because whenever you go near the air ducts in the original half-life, I was I always was so scared because you could easily get attacked by the little little fuckers that jump at you. <laughs> okay, I don't remember that. Oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah. I just, I just, the thing about Half-Life is saving and then walking into a room, finding out that eight different things are going to fucking throw stuff at me and then loading. <laughs> That's all I remember. Okay, I can, get, I, I can, see, I can see that. Yeah. So basically, you walk around. Uh, I was pretty much surviving on health pickups, and and eventually I just got bored because I'm just... Not really, didn't feel like I was getting anywhere, and I'm just doing the same thing over and over. I'm seeing an alien, I'm running backwards while I'm shooting it, hoping it dies in a place where I can walk around it, and that's all it was. So I did that for a little while and just got tired. I'm like, all right, well, let's give the alien a chance. By the way, I did all of this twice. I played it like a month ago and went through the sequence of events and then played it again today and did the same exact sequence of events try give it like I'm like maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it so I gave it a second chance and did the exact same thing and it's it was just the same so I play the alien um the alien has three melee attacks you can like stab somebody with your tail 
It like comes around from over your shoulder and stabs him in front of you. You can attack him with like your mouth thing that comes out of the aliens, like like the second mouth that comes out of his main mouth, you know. Or you can like claw him, kind of like just well, you know, you just strike him with your claw. Uh, the thing about the alien is the alien is super fast, so you can really run up on top of a guy pretty quickly. Uh, you know, he's gonna, they're gonna shoot. You know, it's it's you versus the soldier versus soldiers. I th- and again, I think there are predators maybe that you can come across, but uh. Primarily it's soldiers that you're fighting, and that's all I ever saw. And so you run up to them as fast as you can and start attacking them before they can kill you. But it's the same situation as it is with the Predator. What's going to happen is you run up to you run up to them and start attacking them. They're going to just turn around and shoot you until they die. So no matter what, you're going to take damage. Um, so now, the alien I did the worst out of all of them with. I died, like, very quickly. And it wasn't enough... I, I like pretty much gave up there. I, I went and I was I was reading up on the game a little bit. So apparently, when you're the alien, if you do a certain button combination, this is what you're supposed to do. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this is in the instruction manual. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm assuming it probably is. What you're supposed to do as the alien is, if you if you do a certain attack combination, it's like ACA, which I forgot which specific attacks those are. But if you do that combination, then you will put the person in a cocoon and then, and then if you, whenever you die, then you respawn as that person that you put in a cocoon. So with the alien, you're like kind of basically supposed to die a lot. But the thing is you're supposed to cocoon people in the meantime so that you can respawn and keep on playing. Uh, For me, it wasn't fun enough to give that a shot. I was like, this, this just isn't an, this is just a boring game to play. I don't care that I didn't play right the first time, you know, supposedly as the alien, I'm just, I just don't have any interest in going back to it. The only other cool thing I can say about the game is that it comes with the, and it's not the only Jaguar game that does this, but it is cool still. You know, I told you the Jaguar controllers are kind of clunky. They have three main buttons and then obviously a D pad. And then in between all that, they have numbers lined up just like a cell phone. Even so, they even have like the star and hash sign or star and pound signs or whatever. Um, the the game comes with three little cards that you insert over those buttons and they tell you like what those buttons do. So like for the, if you're playing the Predator, you insert the Predator card over those buttons. And when you press on like the part of the card that's over the button that changes like your, your visual uh, display then it has like a little icon that shows you like, this is what this, this changes the visual filters or this one strafes left and this one strafes right. So you can like actually look down and see like visually what the buttons do um, as opposed to just having to memorize like six does this, three does this, four does this, you know? So uh, that's kind of cool, but that's kind of that. And the, the overall visual design is good. And that's pretty much it. It was I did not have a good time with this game. Yeah, I kind of got that. I would like to hear from somebody who played Alien vs. Predator and enjoyed or even if you didn't enjoy it, any of our listeners who played Alien vs. Predator when it came out on Jaguar, I would really like to hear your thoughts on the game because, man, I just did not get it. I, 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 and it wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, this game hasn't aged well. It's like, how was this ever? How did anyone ever have fun with this game? So, unfortunately, there's that one. That sucks. 
That sucks. Would you like to know what my second game is? Hopefully something you like. This is a PlayStation game. came out in 1998 called Xenogears. Ooh. Uh, an RPG, of course, that you, as everyone probably knows. Jay, uh, are you a Xenogears fan? I know of it. I never played it myself, though. Oh, wow. You never played it. Um, I didn't love it either. <laughs> well, either. How far did you get? Like 25 hours in. I was going to say, I heard it's a pretty long game. Okay, never mind. It is a long-ass game. I don't even think I got halfway through. That wouldn't uh, surprise me, actually. Well, I know for sure I did not get to the second disc, if that's any indicator. Um, oh, yeah, there's multiple. I forget about old multiple discs. Yeah. Supposedly, it's like 60 hours long, I think. I looked it up. Um, and yeah, I got to about the 25-hour mark and just like, I kept on. Uh, so, so it actually starts off fairly well. Um, it's a turn-based RPG. You're this guy who, um, trying to think of like a I short. I don't remember the story at all. Well, you never played it. I uh, know. I, I watched one of my buddies play a decent amount of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like anything from it, actually. I'm trying to think of the, the, of a quick version of the story. So basically you're, you, you play as this guy who had, like, you don't really know what your past is. You were dropped off at this village when you were young and, uh, one day. At the beginning of the game, these uh, these giant robots, or or not robots, but uh, but like mechs, come and attack your village, and you take over one of them, and like you automatically know how to pilot it perfectly, and you fight off the the other guys who are there, and you in the in the process, I don't remember if it makes it one hundred percent clear or not, but your village gets destroyed, and your guy feels guilty because he thinks it's his fault that the village got destroyed. Even though basically you were just fighting off the bad guys. What? <laughs> sounds like a sounds like an RPG, right? Yeah, it does. Um, and uh, from there you're kind of f- meeting up with other people, trying to. There, there's this war going on, and you're trying to kind of help stop the war and uh, like protect your homeland from the from the other side of the war and all this and that. Um, the combat is. It's pretty straightforward for for a turn-based RPG. Sometimes you're just fighting just like you as a person or, you know, your party or you're just people fighting other fighting other guys. And sometimes you're in your mechs and you're and you're doing like mech combat. The uh, it has a system where you can kind of like save up moves where like you have a certain number of action points that you can use each turn and you can use all of them or you can kind of save them up to do like a stronger attack later. That's actually an interesting resource system. I don't mind that. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. It, 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 I, that that works pretty well. Um, it also works. It works a little bit differently when you're in a mech. Like it basically works the same, but it doesn't make it as clear when you're saving moves or not. Uh, it gets a little bit more confusing there. I, I haven't quite. It, it's just a little bit weird, but it generally works the same way whether you're in the mech or not. Um. About the the story, I, I won't go deep into the story because it's like so long and drawn out. But the story is overall pretty good. I'll just say that. Except at about the I don't know nineteen twenty hour mark, you get to this part where you and, I, and from what I read online, this is the part that everybody hates. You get to this one part where you are basically a pri- you're sort of like a prisoner. Um, I'll say up until here. There's a lot of cool stuff. There are a lot of really cool cutscenes. 
I love anything involving giant robots or, well, I say anything. I love giant robots in not? general. Giant mechs. Yeah, exactly. How can you not? Um, and so there's a lot of stuff involving that. There's a lot of cool battles, a lot of neat cutscenes, that kind of stuff. A lot of unexpected things happen. The game is fun. Then you get to this part where you are a prisoner. And you're, you're, you're kind of like half a prisoner. You're a prisoner, but you're, ha- you have like free, free road. You can roam freely around this entire city. Uh, you just can't leave the city. So it gets to this part where you have to go through these sewers. Uh, and, and well, half of it is going through sewers. Half of it is wandering around the city, talking to people and just kind of exploring and seeing what happens there. Natural RPG stuff. Natural RPG stuff. And then you go into the sewers and you're supposed to find this monster that's in the sewers and defeat the monster. This whole section of the game is so boring and it's like four or five hours long. Is it too easy? What, what do you mean no, it's too no, no. So too you, linear? No, it's nothing interesting happens. So part of huh. the time you're running around the city just talking to people. But the worst part Which is when you're actually... Well, the worst part... It's not. But the worst part is when you're in the sewers... Looking for this creature, you have it, the, the sewers are so convoluted to walk through, and there's and there's uh, way too many encounters. There's encounters like oh, every five God. or ten seconds. Ew. Okay. Okay. Now you've turned me off. <laughs> and even with like a big map of the sewers, it is so confusing to uh, to to figure out like how to get to one place from one place to the other. You're like you can you can figure it out for sure but you have to constantly pull up the map and be like okay am i supposed to go across this bridge just the way the map is laid out and the way that you navigate through the sewers you have to always walk along the edge and you can't cross over like where like the you know like the water or like the sludge and stuff in the sewer is until there's actually a uh, a little like bridge for you to walk over so figuring how to get to one place to another it's really a little bit convoluted and then you have to go like all over the place back and forth and then there's like three different levels of the sewer that you have to go to and you have to walk around and examine all these like little slimy spots on the ground and be like, ooh, I think the I think the monster has been here. And then it'll show a little cutscene of like the monster like swimming around in some random place. And then you have to go around looking for him somewhere else. Holy shit. It gets so tedious. The fact that you said you had a map and it was still frustratingly difficult immediately lost me. Yeah. Like that that right there is all you needed to say for me to be like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yep. So you're doing this for like three different levels of the sewer until you finally find the monster and kill it. And then, and it's like, and then it's just like, okay, good While job. Getting encounters every 10 steps. While getting, yeah, exactly. Getting yeah, encounters every 10 steps. Phew. It is really rough. Um, and then there's like this kind of a mini game that you have to do where you're in this tournament where you're in like a gear battling tournament. And in the and in the tournament, it's not turn based. It's like basically turns into like a three D fighting game. <laughs> and as you can imagine, that sucks. Oh yeah, uh, but just at like least, the one in Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, but the, the, at least it's it's also very easy. So uh, like you can basically win it just by mashing buttons. But so so I'll give it credit that at least you don't have to like keep losing and playing it over and True. over again. But uh, it still sucks. And then I got. Like I, I pushed through this part and I got past it a little ways, but I think that this whole section of the game just drained me so badly that I couldn't, uh, that I just couldn't carry on, which is the music and graphics music, uh, actually both very good. Music's very good. Graphics are really actually impressive. The game looks really good, uh, especially for 
1998, which I mean, I know that's not really saying anything. There were plenty of good games of good looking games around the time, but something about it, the, uh, it's, it's kind of anime ish without, without looking too, it's a 3d, it's a 3d game, but it looks, uh, if you look at a screenshot, like it's, it's almost like the characters look sort of 2d, whichever way they turn. And I, I don't mean that in a, in a sense of like Octopath Traveler, you just kind of have to look at it. It, it looks like every version Every, which regardless of what angle you're looking at a character, it's like they look really, really well done from from any angle you're looking at them. It doesn't look like they just created an asset and put it in. It looks like they really thought about what this character would look like from every angle, and everything just always looks good about the characters. It's it's really kind of hard to explain, but if you look at a screenshot, I think you'll you'll see what I'm saying. It's the graphics are very good. Okay. Um. Once I got past this, a few more cool things happened, and then I got in another like long scene where I'm like running through some complex or something, fighting a ton of guys, trying to figure out, you know, trying to get to a mech, and then there were a cool couple battles, but like by this point, I it, I, it just sucked me dry, and I just could not, oh. I, <laughs> I I just really could not even, uh, I just couldn't like power on anymore, but I couldn't power through anymore. It was just I just had enough, which is a shame because. I think it's, you know, supposed to be overall a pretty good game. And I and I enjoyed the first, like, I enjoyed the first part of what I played. But it just got so bogged down. And, you know, I don't have a huge patience for RPGs in general. So once it got to this point, I really just stopped enjoying it, unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say... I, I'd say if you're an RPG pa- fan, you, you would probably like this game if you like RPGs in general. This Nobody likes this, this sewer part, but... If you're able to power through that, you probably like the rest for me. I just didn't have the energy to keep on pushing. So I, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought that Zeno, I was like, it's a giant robot game. This is going to be awesome. Uh, so I was a little let down by that. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks, but that's life, right? It's true. My last game, we're going to go a little bit simpler with this one. Uh, Excite Bike. Oh, we've talked about this before. Have we? You and I have both talked about it. But yeah, we've not, talked not about on the podcast, before. though, right? I think I played it for the podcast. Actually. Oh, did you really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I played Excite Bike. Uh, this was, of course, NES. Came out in 1994. That that soundtrack, I can still hear it. Boom, 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 such a good sound effect. Excuse me. Such a good soundtrack. Love the sound effects too. <laughs> the okay. So this is uh, Excite Bike is pretty much exactly what you remember and nothing more. Yep. It is a very simple game. There's tracks. You're it's okay. So there's a motorcycle racing game for the Nintendo. You ride around on a track. There are obstacles, and you're just you're purely just trying to get the best time. There are uh, two modes: one where it's just you by yourself, and one where there are other motorcycles on the track. On on both of them, it's purely a like a time attack type thing. You're you're just seeing what um, you're just trying to get as fast of a time as you can. You're not racing against the other uh, against the other motorcycles on the second mode. They're basically just extra obstacles, more or less. Yep. Could I put it? Yeah, the skill comes in uh, trying to essentially position your bike directly on like jump landings and knowing when to use your turbo, which can overheat your engine if you use it too much. So you can you can adjust whether you're kind of leaning back on the bike or tilting forward a little bit, and you want to make sure like when you hit a jump, if you're landing, you know, 
on on flat ground, you want to maybe point just a little up so you don't crash. Or if you're landing on like one or the other side of another, like of a little hill type obstacle that you're kind of facing the right direction so you don't crash into it or so that you don't slow yourself down too badly. Um, and then, like I said, when there, if you do the mode where there are other racers are present, then you're pretty much just trying to do the same thing in avoiding them. They spawn randomly all throughout the race. So like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they don't, they're not, they're not persistent in any way. You just like randomly, you, you know, you'll pass some and then others will pop up. It's kind of like the, uh, kind of like an F zero where you had those random cars that you would come across all throughout the track. It's, it's, it's just like that. So there will always be some in front of you. There will always, there will always be some behind you. Um, and they, it's funny. A lot of them are like idiots as well. They'll just like happily be driving in the grass because on some parts of the track, it's like the track becomes narrow and like you have to, it's all lane based. So there's four lanes and you, when you press up or down, it, it doesn't, it, it switches discreetly from one lane to the next. So there are some parts where two lanes might be grass and you want to go down to the bottom two lanes, which are still track because the grass slows you down. These other bikers will just be like happily driving in the grass. <laughs> just not giving a shit. So uh, that's kind of funny to see. And that's pretty much all there is to the game besides the track designer where you can actually uh, build oh, your yeah, own tracks, fine. which was a really cool thing. Have, and prob- probably the most fun part of the game, honestly. Uh, I know I used to uh, play with it a lot. Me too. But but even that, you know, is obviously pretty limited. Oh, yeah. I, I played the game for like 10 minutes and did every track on both modes. <laughs> so, yeah, what's funny is I actually almost put this in my top five because for that exact reason. Oh, I for today's top five? Cypher- yeah, yeah, because I really enjoy uh, Excite Bike, but I was like thinking about it, like, man, did I really get? I don't even remember how much I paid for it. I bought it off somebody, but I remember I got it. and I was really excited for all because I had played it a couple times at their house, and uh-huh. then I had it. And I never played it. Like I would, pl- I played it when I first bought it from him, and then I'd like show people it every once in a while, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, when you played it at his house, that you probably played the entirety of the game. Yep. I was like, <laughs> oh, there's got to be more to it, right? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> so uh there's excite bike it's uh you know that's it, i would like, say it's an iconic game oh yeah definitely it's a game that everybody has to play maybe not buy <laughs> um nice play. but um yeah it's uh very 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 simple and very very limited in uh in scope yeah i agree with that so there's my three i Beat think me. it's I only had two well, I always. Oh, actually, you. I actually could talk about another game if you want to as well. I forgot. Uh, if you want to, you know, we're gonna have a little extra space in between um, these episodes. Hey, so if episodes. you want to okay. pad this one out a little bit, give give the listeners a little extra, little extra girth or length, rather. Oh, I always uh, love giving the, the soda can. <laughs> um, so, so I, uh, you know, I talked about I played a decent amount of StarCraft Brood War um, on BattleNet, but recently my brother and I we we were just kind of biding time so we can play Vanilla WoW and. We've been talking about old school games we want to play. And so we all hopped on Diablo 2. And we played for... Oh, shit. I mean, he, yeah, he, he probably spent, I kid you not, probably like 20 or 25 hours playing within like one week. We all just wow. kind of got the itch. Yeah, Damn. we all got kind of the itch. And we all wanted to play hardcore characters. And so we started leveling online. And it's, it's still very fun. And the graphics are good enough to where it's not... Like Diablo 1, I don't know if you've tried to play Diablo 1, but... It's kind of a reach at this point. It's, I, I really enjoyed Diablo 1 when it first came out. Um, 
but it is a tough one to go back and play just purely based on the graphics for me. But the second one is, is not nearly as bad and the game's a lot more balanced and there's more intricacies to it and the talent trees are super cool. And there's just a lot of really good quality of life adjustments from the first one to the second one, which is, I think, part of the reason why people like it so much. Uh-huh. Um, but it's very fun and we all played hardcore characters and we're all playing hardcore characters. So it's, it's yeah, I, I love doing that sometimes because it's like, if I die, I have to restart. <laughs> so <laughs> right, right, right. Oh yeah, hardcore is always interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it gets a little bit interesting. So we've been we've been playing decent. I think we might already be done, to be honest with you. I think everybody's kind of a couple people died a few times and just got kind of annoyed. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother and I were where I played a uh what did I play this time? Oh man. Protoss. No, no, no. Oh, I played a barbarian. Yeah, I played a barbarian. That's right, because I was doing the leap spec. Yeah, barbarians have this talent where they get like a leap where they can leap into combat. But every time you put a talent point into it, you can jump further. And so I'll just go into dungeons and literally just <laughs> skip everything and just go to the boss because I can just hop around really quick. And it's really That's funny hilarious. for game because there's a lot of dungeons, dungeons where you just really do want to skip the first little bit of it because you're just so powerful that you're really only there for the deeper levels and you know, when you're doing repeat grinds and stuff. So uh-huh. it's pretty funny that I can just hop around. And if I get in a bad situation, I just hop away. And uh, we all key bound town portal because we were so scared about dying. So we have actual <laughs> key points for it. Nice. Just pretty funny. Um, one thing I will say, though they, the Battle.net service is there, and I love Blizzard for doing that, I was having a lot of issues with um, rubber banding. And I know I've been lagging tonight with you, but I wasn't the only one that had this issue. There, oh, yeah. Essentially, rubber banding is like you'll be running, and all of a sudden your character, you won't be able to run. And then all of a sudden you'll teleport like eight feet back from where you where you came from. And mm-hmm. it can be brutal when you're playing this game because if you get in the wrong situation, you can die very, very easily. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this game is still really, really good. It's another iconic game, buzzword. It, uh, it has, ama- has really good music. Graphics are good enough. The storyline is enough to, to keep you somewhat enticed. It's just kind of cool. Um, there's good character variation. There's a bunch of different classes with really, really interest- interesting specs you can go on them. And you are playing. You are playing with the really expansion. Fun. Yeah, yeah, Lord of Destruction. Yeah, we were playing with, uh, with the expansion. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I would rather play this over the third one anytime. It's still really fun. The third one I can't really get back into anymore. Mm-hmm. And this was this was pretty darn fun. This was this kind of scratched that itch. That's awesome. I I never really enjoyed Diablo two. Oh uh, man, I went off back in the day. But yeah, I I I, I understand the allure of it. It's uh, yeah. it they I mean obviously. They did a very good job with that game. They were scary back in the day, too. That's what's so funny that most people don't really think about anymore is the first one scared the shit out of me as a kid. The Butcher. Like, uh-huh. I was I was probably six or eight years old when I first played Diablo <laughs> 1. And you're just cruising through this, this, this dungeon. And you get to a floor and you open this door and there's this Butcher with a bloody apron and an axe. And he's just fucking talking trash to you. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. I remember... Uh, I died the first time I got there. I died a couple times. And then I would just literally, when I'd get to his part, I would just skip his room. Nope. <laughs> you just skip it? I don't even know if you had to interact with him. Maybe you did. So I'd probably like, open the door and then run. But I never fought him. I was That's terrified awesome. of that. That's killer. All right. Now we're three for three. Oh, I just remembered a fourth game. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so Diablo two, you're still you're you, you think it holds up after all these years? Eh, oh yeah, it definitely does. And I'd I'd play put, put more time into it if I this this style of game is not really my my forte. Like I really respect what um oh shoot, what's the other one? Path of Exile. 
I really respect what the developers of Path of Exile tried to do and did and are still doing, but it's just not my style. And I enjoy the hardcore aspect of it. When you lose a character you've dumped, you know, maybe tens of hours into, it's pretty pretty devastating. Now, on that note, if somebody made a hardcore vanilla server, wow, where you couldn't kill other players, but you know, if you died, you started over, I would try that shit for sure. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like imagine losing seven days of gameplay at max level. <laughs> if you if you're a tank and the healer's like DCs or goes AFK and you just die. Oh yeah. man, I'd be so I, I would probably like hit sixty and then start leveling another character of the same exact class and race just in preparation for dying. <laughs> That'd probably be a good good idea. Yeah. Nice. Anyways. Alright. Well let's let's go to our top fives then. Our top five list this week is worst classic games you ever bought. Um, I've got a pretty solid four through one on this one, but um, I, I didn't, I couldn't think of as many. I, I thought I was going to be like overflowing with ideas on this one, but I didn't, I didn't have as many. As I, I struggle. I, I'll be honest with you. I struggled this. Did you a little bit with this one for a while? Oh, for sure. This was tough. I didn't buy. Like, I bought some games. But realistically, a lot of my games I got gifted from people or like I traded for. There weren't that many games that I really bought that I remember disliking. I rented. I put a couple on here that I was like, eh, maybe I should just use ones that I rented. Uh-huh. But eh, it just wasn't enough. So right. I, I have a list, but it's not like the thing most proud moment of my life, I guess. All right, let's see. You get to go first. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five is Friday the 13th for, for regular Nintendo. This game... <laughs> Is just all around pretty darn bad, and I I think I traded for this or I bought this from somebody. I think I bought this like I gave them like twenty dollars. They gave me a bunch of games with it, and this game is just not that good. It's kind of scary, especially when you're a child, just because it's you know you're terrified of everything, and this is just a scary game. Just a scary but, game. Yeah, exactly right. But the overall mechanics of the game are boring, and there's just not much to it. It's just a weird game, and I remember certain parts of it were very scary when I was a kid, but. Like, looking back on this game, it's like, this is not a good game. Like, this is not a good game. And the fact that I potentially either paid or traded for it is just, like, such a waste of money. <laughs> so disappointing. Yeah. Disappointed with Kid J. All right. Um, my number five is... I'm going to go with Zardion for Super Nintendo. This I was heard of this. It's, it's, it's like a robot uh, side-scrolling shooter. Huh. Uh, you know, a little platforming, a little shooting. Imagine... Imagine, um, I don't know, maybe something vaguely, vaguely, vaguely like Mega Man, except you're not like a kid robot. You're like an actual kind of like a mech robot and like 10 times slower paced, basically. I was so you uh, I saw this in the store. This was like a game that I purely bought just based on the box art and like looking at the pictures on the back, back of the box. Oh, don't you miss those days? <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun. Just going to the store and like just seeing what you see, you know. Um, yeah. Totally different time, but yeah, it was it was fun. You would go to the store. Sometimes you'd be like, "This is the ge- I'm going for this game. This is what I want." But sometimes you'd be like, "Hey, let's go to the, like the video game store and see what's new." And then you'd look at the box art and be like, "Oh, this looks cool. Let's let's try it out." Well, I did that with this game, and that did not work out so well. It looks so cool on the box. It's. There, you're, there, there's mech robots 
And you look at the back, and you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to be just walking around, you know, kind of like Mega Man or like Mario-style game, and I'm jumping around, and I'm killing guys, and I'm shooting people because I'm a big robot. But um, it just was not a good game. It's very, very slow-paced, for especially for like a robot action game. You're just kind of like trudging around and like shooting bad guys now and then. And even like your attacks, like I think there were a couple of different robots you could choose from, but like one of them, like... You know, you you obviously shoot like lasers, but it's not even like the, the, it looks like you're shooting little needles, basically. What do you shoot? It's like they just didn't do a good job of like making you feel like a powerful robot. It's mm. just the the controls are stiff. The game is is you you move too slow, and it was just not. It was just a boring game to play. They they somehow managed to make a robot action game boring. That's impressive. That is impressive. All right, what we got? My number, number four. My number four right. is Final Fantasy XII. Uh, this was for the PS2. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> the re- there's two two parts of this. So one, this game is really not that good. And I know, I remember Blake played the international version. He really liked it and thought it was a really, really fascinating game. I have tried numerous times to play this game. And maybe I need to do the international one next time I, next time I give it a shot because I, I know it's bound to happen. But I bought this game opening day, was hoping, was expecting lines, went in there, got the collector's edition, which was more money, which is the dumbest thing to purchase ever. That's part two of why I hate oh, why it's yeah. on my <laughs> list. But I bought this game and it, I got into it and I just couldn't do anything with it. I could not find a reason to hold on to this game. And I, I tried, I've tried a few playthroughs and I've probably pushed like 10, 20 hours into it just doesn't sink its teeth into me doesn't doesn't bring me back i don't crave to play it when i'm not playing it it's just like a grind like oh this game might get good if i just keep playing and keep playing and (laughs) such a bad such a bad game i actually i I actually had that game as well um i bought it like not on first day or anything but yeah like i bought it actually shortly after it came out and i got fairly far and then it just kind of got to a point where i'm like not this this isn't really going anywhere yeah, like the combat at first, I was oh, this is interesting. It's new. It's something innovative. And I'm like, this is not good. This is late. Like, it's just, I don't know. I remember Blake commenting and saying that the combat was adjusted, I believe, in the international version, and it did get better. But I can't see them making it that much better. He made it sound like it was almost like an entirely different game. They changed it so much. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Okay, I'm glad you're thinking that. I was like, maybe I'm wrong with my statements. But no, okay, if you're saying that, then... Right. Okay. He made it sound yeah. like it was really good. I may have to give that a shot. I don't know. It's just I've been burned so many times by this game. It's like yeah. Final Fantasy Ten too. It's like, <laughs> oh, but the intro is kind of cool and the music is good, and then you're like, but wait, the game's dog shit. You're like, no, 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 just give it another shot. No, no, the game sucks. But wait, the music though. Oh, the music. Wait, stop it. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. All right, my number four is Joe Montana for Sega CD. Uh, I forgot the exact name of the game, but it's like Joe Montana Football on Sega CD. Um, th- this game was like just broken in some ways. Um, I, I, I've talked about this before, I, I believe. But so the graphics are not very good for like, <laughs> you know, it's Sega CD, so you expect like it at least the graphics to be better. And technically the graphics would, would probably would. Yeah. They'd be considered better because they are, it does use like 3d graphics, but it's just, uh, it just doesn't look good. So like from a technical standpoint, maybe the graphics are better, but they, they just kind of look ugly. And then <clears throat> when you're playing 
there you don't there there's so many like basic things that they that they messed up one of them being that the you don't see the clock when you're playing which is pretty what? important for a football game you can see it like in between plays but not during a play so there was one time for instance where I was playing and uh I had I don't remember exactly what the score situation was but I had to make a decision whether I w- it was like close to the end of the game and I had to decide whether I was going to like try to have like you know try to run out of bounds to stop the clock and like maybe get one last play in or kick a field goal or if I was just going to have to risk it and just go for it and see if I could get a touchdown on this play cuz cuz I was running and you know there was a fair chance that I may have been able to make a touchdown but it was a little bit risky but I couldn't see the clock on the, it doesn't show the clock. So I didn't know what thing, you know, which of those things to do. I didn't know if time had even run out yet. So, you know, if I was just blowing, throwing away the game by running out of bounds. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to, you know, I have to take a gamble one way or the other. I'm going to risk it and run out of bounds and hopefully stop the clock. I ran out of bounds and the clock had already run out. So I just did it for absolutely nothing. And the game was over. The the best thing that ever happened, the, the funniest thing that ever happened to me in this game was, and I know I've told this story before, I uh, the, the other team kicked off, and I ran back the kickoff for a touchdown. I was like, that was badass. Let's watch the replay of that. I literally pull up the replay, and on the replay, my guy gets tackled on like the 30-yard line. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, old school StarCraft had that same issue. Where like different things would happen on the replay yep. than what really happened. If happen. you fast forward, if you fast forward, a lot of times units would just get stuck and they would just sit in place and do nothing. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> like the pathfinding got messed up. Yeah, like if, if you would like jump around in the replay, sometimes it would just completely. That's you know, funny. I did not know that that Starcraft yeah. had that issue. Starcraft Brood War, yeah. So and and overall, even besides like these these particular problems, the game just wasn't that good. It didn't sound good. Like I said, it didn't look good. And there and gameplay wise, it was really stiff. Um, it, it wasn't. There was almost nothing making it better than like even just like the Genesis versions of Joe Montana football, which I used to play a ton of. They weren't that great in retrospect, but they were even those were much better than this game. It's just a bad game all around. All right. Number three. I thought you were talking about one of your I – I forgot that we already did the part where we were talking about our games. I was like, wow, Robert talked about his game for so long. That wasn't even that long. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yep. So wait, that's not his real game. No, nope, it's not. Uh, I'm on a number three, correct? Um, yep. Number three. This would be Spyro the Dragon for PS1. Now, I actually enjoy this game quite a bit. The reason that it's on my list is because I played the shit out of this game when I first got it. It drove my brother nuts. He got so mad because I was always on the PlayStation 1 and he wanted to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater or oh, Grand Turismo or something. Something good, right? And uh, I like one weekend I binged it for like i don't know like 10 hours over two days which was a lot when i was when i was this age i was very young and then i went to school on monday and i came back and the game was gone and i wasn't really like craving to play it that much i was like okay like no big deal and then i kind of forgot about it for a while well fast forward like a year i was like what about spyro i never beat that game i was like oh yeah i was like oh man i should i should play that and i looked all over the house never found it i'm like what the hell so i ended up buying another copy of it right (laughs) And I did this like right around the time, right before my parents and I moved. We moved, um, you know, to a different different city. As we're moving, move the the cabinet the TV rested on. 
it was underneath it. So I had two copies of this game, and I was so pissed. I'm like, uh, why did I buy it? <laughs> and it wasn't that long after I had bought the second copy, too. It was the best part. That's always when you find shit that you lost. Exactly. That's, that's why I was laughing. I'm like, man, <laughs> so true. That sucks. Kind of a twist, but, you know. That was a little twist. That was a good one. That was a good one. We could use a twist thanks, every, every now and then. Uh, my number three is Ghostbusters <laughs> for NES. This game was so bad. You have? Did you ever play this? I don't think so. You, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. So the game starts, and you are controlling a Ghostbuster icon, like the logo. Shut up. Around a city, and there's ghosts flying around the city, and you're just like moving this thing around, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. It's almost like E.T. levels of confusion. And you, there's one button you press, and when you press it, all it does is it pauses everything, and a white square pops up on, a, on over your logo. And that's all it does. You're like, what the fuck is this? And so I, even if you, like, collide, you know, quote, if you move your logo over to the ghosts, like, nothing really, like... They kind of dis- something really something like very minor happens, but like there's no encounter or anything like that. Um, what you have to do is go and like every once in a while a building will flash, and when it does, you have to get the logo over to it and then like press a button or something like that, and then it goes into a car scene where you're driving a car on the road and trying to basically it's it's almost like spy hunter kind of. But you're trying to just avoid other cars on the road and get to where you're going and pick up gas and hope that you don't run out of gas. And then if you do that enough, then you eventually get to the building and then you go in and then you go to it and then you have to like try to capture the ghost, which is consists of like a ghost flying around in the air and you trying to position your guys underneath it with the with the photon pack or whatever it's called to uh, to like suck it in. But you have even those you don't start off with them. You have to like go buy them. And so you have to like go to the store to buy this shit. Like it's just the most confusing ass game. And I remember playing this so many times being like, is there something that I'm just not understanding about it? But no, it just is a shitty game that like doesn't make sense. And the soundtrack is worst of all. It's got the, uh, the Ghostbusters theme just on repeat the whole entire game. That's all it does the whole time you're playing the game. This was one of the shittiest games that I ever owned, for sure. Good one. Yeah, I think it was, because I hated this game. <laughs> and I, like I said, I would try it every now and then and be like, maybe, you know, it can't be as bad as I thought. I'm just missing something. But no, it was just as bad every time. That's funny. What do you have for number two? Number two, this is Beavis and Butthead for the Super Nintendo. Uh, did you ever play this game? <laughs> no, I did not. So I remember we bought it. We were like, oh, it's going to be so good. Like, right. It's going to be so inappropriate. It's be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It is mediocre at best. It's I, I think I've actually talked about it or played it for the podcast before. Um, actually, this is I think I played the Sega Genesis version, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, okay. um, this game is weird. So you, you essentially are progressing through an RPG, and you're trying to figure out these, like, almost like – mist like puzzles where you, you'll get to an area <laughs> and you have very limited clues on what you need to do and what items you can actually interact with. And then you have to do certain things. And it's just, it's, it takes a lot of playthroughs. It's very easy to die. You, if you go down the wrong area, go to the wrong area, you can just die and you have to start over from the beginning. Um, 
It just is not a good game. There are certain things that are kind of interesting and very uh, nostalgic if I were to play it again, but it is not a good game. It's just like what, brutal. Like what's, give me a quick rundown. Like what's What makes so, it so bad? The puzzles, I, I, and maybe I, I feel like the puzzles, if I remember correctly, are very convoluted. You just you, you can't sure. really get a grasp on what you actually need to do. And there's a lot of areas you can go to at the beginning. And you just you just kind of have to work your way through it. And it takes just many, many playthroughs, many different tries of just, you know, going into areas and mashing on things. And it, it's there are some certain things about it where I was like, oh, okay, I can't go to this area yet. Uh, I could probably come back later and I can go through this, right? Like, I think there's one where there's like a teacher with like a water gun or something. And you like go in there and you're like, oh, he just shot me or he, he like eliminated me. So I just lose. It, it's something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. And then as the game progressed, I was like, I kept trying to come back to him, coming back to him, coming back to him. And every time I would just die, and I'm like, all right, well, I have no idea when I'm ever actually going to come back to this guy and actually need to interact with him. <laughs> it's just like, there's just a lot of that. And they're all over the place. You're not really sure exactly what you need to do. It's just, I don't know. I was expecting a lot of this game, and it just really didn't hold up. Let me see if I can find like a, a good explanation. See if I, somebody might be able to give me a little bit of rundown. I'm, trying, I'm kind of struggling with explaining why this is so bad. Wow, 48-minute playthrough. That's what the playthrough time is. <laughs> Sounds kind of oh, like yeah, it just sucks in general. That's right. Use the TV... And you can change the channels to enter different worlds okay. within the Beavis and Butter realm, which is kind of cool. Okay. No, this is the wrong version. I think it was the second one. This is the one I remember. Yeah, it was Sega. Yeah, it was brutally hard. I remember this too. It's like there's a lot of things that can hit you because you do have a health meter and it's there's a lot of stuff that can hit you and it's really hard to avoid. The way that they jump is just re- like it's not that helpful. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. Kind of watch this guy play through it. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think that kind of okay. covers everything. Okay. That definitely doesn't sound like a winner. No. No, definitely not. My number two is Dragon's Lair for DOS. Oh. Obviously, Dragon's Lair has, is, is a pretty famous game, actually. Um, mostly for its animation. Probably just about purely for its animation. And it has been released. This game must have more releases and more ports than any other game in the history of the world. I... I mean that literally. Really? I can't. I can't imagine another game having more releases than this game. It has come out. What about on, Skyrim? <laughs> well, that's that comes close. But no, like this has come out on every single platform imaginable since like the dawn of video games. Why? I'm not too sure. Actually, <laughs> it's a good question. But so I had the DOS version, and the problem with this is that the game just sucks in general to begin with. Um. It's it's based on it started off as an arcade game, and the whole mechanic of Dragon's Lair, if you're not familiar with it, is you're watching these video sequences of this knight kind of going into this castle and trying to fight through the castle and save this this woman in the castle, and every scene something will happen and you ha- you just have to press the right button at the right time, whether it's one of the directional buttons or an action button. And I think those are your only oh. options, 
but you have to just guess what button you're supposed to press at the right time. Imagine a quick time event, but it doesn't tell you what buttons you're supposed to hit. That's essentially what this is. Yeah. And not only okay. that, but you have to hit them at like the exact instant in some at the exact correct instant in some cases. The game is terribly designed. It was it, it's it's made to be just like a quarter eater, you know. Um, but so this was ported onto like, like I said every platform imaginable. I had this on DOS and this was like the the first version of the of it that I ever played. I had never played it in the arcade or anything like that. And just like getting past basically the second like area in the game, like the second little scene. You get past this this first part, there's this bridge and you almost fall down. You have to get away from these tentacles that are like coming up and trying to get you. And then like the second room, something else happens and I probably got past the second room like every now and then and that was it. The game wow. is just ridiculously hard because you're, it's just all a guessing game. You're just trying to guess, yeah. oh, which button am I supposed to press at this time? Uh, and then, you know, with it being on DOS, that was kind of cool because, uh, you know, for a DOS game, the, it looked pretty good, but it also makes it a little bit more clunky, a little slower. And it just uh, mostly just, though, because just the game itself is so terribly designed. Oh, man, I, I, I hate this game. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad because that's how I feel. All right, what's your oh. number? What's your worst game that you oh, ever man. bought? <laughs> I want to quote Nickelback here and just have everybody look at this photograph for a second what's this, that I what's took the while quote? playing Pokemon Snap. <laughs> what's this? Pokemon Snap is where I'm going with this. It was a bad thing. Oh, oh, it is Pokemon. Okay, okay. Yeah, Pokemon Snap for N64. Now, this was... Very interesting when it first came out. Everybody was like, oh man, this game is going to be super interesting and there's going to be, it, it's probably going to be kind of fun. And I remember my buddy and I bought it and we got the device because you had to have like an add on. I think it was like a pack that attached to the back of the N64 controller. And we were like, oh, this is going to be so fun. We're going to take like the best photos and get like really high score and blah, blah. And we're like, this game. <laughs> It's boring to play. I, love the, I, I think you, I think you summed it up with we're going to get the best score by taking really good photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's this was a miss in a huge way. Like it, it was cool because you know, it was like, oh, it's the Pokemon universe. And there's all these Pokemon, but I was like, make them fight or something. Like shit. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> but now this game was such a waste of money. I remember we got it. We played it for a couple hours, and we were just, we were just trying to force it like we were trying to act like it was a good buy like oh this is really fun i'm having fun too oh man this game is so so bad i don't even remember if there's music i think there is i just remember having to do certain levels over and over again because you're looking for one specific pokemon and if you miss it you have to start all the way over again you're like no no not again (laughs) (laughs) oh wait so you have to start over when you miss one uh, well, you have to go through the rest of it, and then you have to if you're if you need something specific or you're looking for something specific, you have to start all the way at the beginning. I thought it was kind of like that that you were just sort of like looking at a landscape or something, and like every once in a while, one of them would pop out, and you try to take its pictures. That's not how it works. No, I think that because you're on rails. I believe there were really? certain levels. Let me, okay. let me, let me run through that. I, I, I never played it, levels. so I just don't know. Um, no, there were certain areas where Pokemon were, were kind of hiding from you. Like I'm looking at one where this Meowth like peeks over this hill for like two or three seconds. And it's so yeah, so no, it's on no, rails. There's definitely a lot going so on. it is on yeah, rails. You're on rails. So you have you're to on so, rails. so you have to start over if you miss something. Yeah, pretty much. Or yeah, finish it and then Damn. restart or exit and start over. Yeah. That sounds like a bitch. Gosh, no, thank you. <laughs> wow, okay. 
All right. Well, my number one is hard driving for Sega Genesis. One of the few games that I actually took back to the store that it was um, so bad. I don't think I ever did that. You know, you used to be able to do that even with like PC games. I do remember that. I I do remember that. My brother did it, but not me. The only other times we did this was when I got like, uh, well, you know, I told you when when we bought Alone in the Dark that it scared me so bad that I cried. Like we took, we took that one back because, you know, just like kid, you know, wasn't like age appropriate essentially. Um, and then I, I, there may have been one or two other times. And then there was hard driving where like, even my dad watching me play after like 15 minutes, he was like, do you want to just return this? Um, it is a fucking terrible game. So as you can probably tell from the title, it's a racing game. It's, it's, it's like a, uh. It's not like a racetrack game. It's more, you know, like racing down the streets type game. And you're supposed to, uh, you know, get to certain checkpoints in a certain amount of time in order to keep going or else you lose and you have to start all over. Okay. If you get up to any speed at all, then like you tap left or right and you just spin. You don't spin literally, but you just go out of control. Your car, your tires start screeching. You swerve off the road and then you like are trying to slow down and get back onto the road. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But then once you get back to like 40 or 50 miles an hour, then like you tap left and it's just like, and then you're like off the road once again, it is impossible. And then there's cars coming at you every now and then that you have to like try to dodge. But like the the steering is so imprecise that it's just purely luck, whether you dodge them or not. Then there's like crazy parts where there might be like a big like loop de loop in the middle of the road for, for no reason, which is kind of cool to watch and just into, into play. But you can't, first of all, you have to be able to get up to enough speed without spinning off the road that you can make it without falling. Then while you're on it, you have to be somehow able to have this miraculous control over your damn car to where you don't just drive off the edge of the loop de loop while you're in the middle of it. Because like I said, you tap you just like barely nudge any direction and you just like completely swerve off to the side your tires make this terrible noise there's there's no music in the game and all you hear is your engine and your tires squealing the entire time you cannot make any progress whatsoever because it's just so hard to just fucking play the game like i said i played it for 15 minutes maybe not even that and my dad was like you want to return this and i was like i was just like yes (laughs) They're like, no question about it. It's not like, oh, let me give this a little bit more time. Like, even having just bought the game, like, I could not force myself to like it. It was absolutely wow. fucking terrible. Without a doubt, the worst game by far that I ever bought. That's crazy. Yep. All right. Our next top five. I think we need to, I think it's time to go to uh, the special moves, our, our favorite fighting game special moves. That someone wrote in and suggested. That sound good to you? Sure. All right. So next up, five best fighting game special moves. Uh, Someone wrote in and suggested maybe we extend it beyond fighting games, but I think that's going to get a little bit out of hand if we do that. And maybe just stick to two different categories at that point. Maybe so. So I think if it's cool with you, we'll stick to fighting games. Sounds good. It's just going to be low kick, low kick, low kick, low kick. (laughs) Okay. So basically, Chun Li's. Uh, like million, like her her really fast kick move is what you're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right, so we'll do that for the next top five. So be sure to write us in mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Tell us what your favorite fighting game special moves are. Now it's time for emails. 
So, uh, all right. First email is from Ryan. The uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you read this one. The the subject line is number oh, one, number one of two emails you'll get from me this podcast. Okay, well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Oops, damn it. All right. I just keep seeing that picture of the horse, and it keeps making me laugh. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Who is this from? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan says, I've been absent from the email section the last two podcasts. Life has been crazy, and I didn't get around to sending an email. Two podcasts ago, I was on vacation visiting my parents and my brother's family in Nebraska. Near the end of the week that I was going to write, my grandfather died, and I was and I was asked to provide the eulogy for him at his funeral in Kentucky. Oh, I'm sorry to hear sorry about to that. Hear that. Yeah. I'm double sorry to hear about that, because... To me, the scariest thing is losing somebody, but the scariester thing is having to do a eulogy for them. I would be so uncomfortable doing that. Oh, yeah. Like, what do you say? That's got to be so tough. Yeah, that's rough. Um, He goes on to say, (laughs) then the last podcast, my new army chaplain supervisor finally arrived, and I was running from one meeting to the next with him, getting him him integrated into all the things I've been covering down on. I was also testing for my recommended black belt in Taekwondo. My life should... he says, my life should finally ease up enough that I can try to catch up with this email and have my regular schedule, regularly scheduled one written next week. Hell yeah, getting on to the important stuff now. Yeah, priorities, right? Uh, my retro gaming has leveled up over the past four weeks. Nice. Uh, while visiting my brother, I reacquainted the regular Nintendo. I left my parents' house, and he helped me clean it. Did you know that if that you boil the 72-pin connector to clean and reshape the pins? <laughs> No, he says, no. Uh, me, me neither. That was an experience. I deep cleaned the console and while watching, oh, excuse me, I deep cleaned the console and while watching a movie, we cleaned the newly acquired NES games with uh, Brasso and rubbing alcohol. It was a laborious process. I was, it was a laborious process, but it worked. My regular Nintendo fires up every time and no more blinking. Nice. No more blowing on the cartridges for this guy. That's awesome. Um, after getting back from Nebraska, I found some CRT TVs on the Facebook marketplace for free. I only wanted the 20 inch TVs and somehow ended up with eight CRT TVs <laughs> of various sizes. Wow. What the hell? I'm sending, I'm sending one of the TVs home with my parents next month for my brother and the rest. I have to figure out if I can sell them or just give them away. Um, if you are interested in giving away, I know a lot of times the game games done quick. Those guys are always looking for CRT TVs. Because, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause think how many they need in order to facilitate all that. Um, I kept a 20-inch TV that is now set up in my living room to assist with with streaming regular Nintendo games on Twitch. Oh, that's super cool! I didn't. That's super cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, my kids really liked regular Nintendo for about a week. Duck Hunt <laughs> and, the, and and Wild Gunman were a hit because they thought the Zapper was cool. They tried Little Nemo, Little uh, Blaster Master, Super Mario Brothers, and Breakout. Apparently, the games I grew up with are too hard for them because they all quit each of those games without ever getting out of the first level. Except Mario, they did get a couple more levels in. Uh, Wait, little, little, with... ne- little Nemo, he must mean Captain Nemo, right? Say it again? He said Little Nemo, but that he, he must mean Captain Nemo. Little Nemo oh. is the movie that came out in like 2000 or whatever. Right? You mean Finding Nemo? Or Little Captain Nemo. Wait, what, what, the, 
No, yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no. Oh no, it is. Never mind. What about Finding Nemo? Was the movie? Yeah. Pixar never mind. On? I'm I'm an idiot. It is. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Never mind. Move on. You heard it, everybody. You heard it. He finally said it. Yep. Kidding. Um, except for Mario, they did get a couple more levels in. They are pretty impressed with my game playing skills. I have to get some cool points with my boys somehow. <laughs> That's funny. I'll be honest with you. I was crazy impressed with my dad. My dad beat Crash Bandicoot two for the regular or for PS one. I was crazy impressed when he beat that game. I was, I was like, I never thought my dad could do this. Like, <laughs> um, he say, he goes on to say, my brother's a fan of Castlevania games, so while I was visiting him, I told him about Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. He bought a copy on Steam, and we played it most of the time I was visiting. It's Castlevania 3, but better. You can switch between four different characters, and you don't have to sit and watch them phase in and phase out. They switch instantly. Also cool, if you use a special weapon that has sustained effect... That special weapon is still active when you switch characters if there are still if there is still time left on the effect. The regular Nintendo style graphics and music make it a complete package and I really enjoyed playing it. To me, it's well worth the $10 price tag and actually has me looking forward uh, to the eventual release of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Yeah, I've heard that this game is supposed to be pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he also says, my nine-year-old is loving Celeste. I bought a copy for the Switch and um, he has been playing it like crazy. Uh, enough that my wife is getting mad at me that he's not helping around the house. <laughs> a problem none of us has ever had, am I right? <laughs> um, if, if it's, a challenge, it's a challenging platformer where each stage is you climbing a mountain. The nice thing is that even though it's challenging, it's not super punishing. Each part of the stage is like a screen, is like a screen with a setup spawn point. So if you die, you just restart that part of the stage. The respawn is really quick, so not much break from the action allowing you to try again. If you couldn't tell, I'm a sucker for retro-looking games. I am even, though I have, even though I haven't been keeping up with the emails, I've been listening religiously. Now that this email is in, I can listen to the newest episode in preparation for next week's email. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I've heard that Celeste is really good. I, I really need to check oh, it I out. Oh, I thought you would played it. I thought you had played it before. No, I haven't played it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you very much. That was a great email. Good, right. luck with, good luck with everything that's going on. That's crazy. Yeah. Next one is from Charles. Subject line is no subject, no service. Charles says, hey, guys, with this week's top five, I'm going to include worst games that have been purchased that have been purchased for me, such as gifts when I was a kid. I don't know. Oh, I should include stuff like that. That's good. I don't know that I've bought many bad games as an adult. My gaming time is limited, and I usually buy games I am reasonably certain are good, so here's my top five worst games I've purchased or that have been purchased for me. Number five, Fantasy Star Series. Ooh. My first RPG was Final Fantasy III on SNES. I loved it. It was so different than other games insofar as it had a story and how you developed your characters with new powers and abilities and how you roamed around the map. So I figured... I would get some more of this type of game. I ordered three Fantasy Star games for Sega Genesis from a mail-order used games store, Funko. The game sucked. I know that some people love these games, and I probably didn't give all of them a fair try, but I just know that they didn't instantly hook me like Final Fantasy 3. They didn't have a cool villain like Kefka. They didn't start with that awesome sequence in the mech suits, and I couldn't make heads or tails of their stories, so I instantly regretted this purchase. Yeah, I think a lot of people do like the Fantasy Star uh, I like Sega some Genesis of them. games. No? Definitely yeah? not all of them. All right, number four, Gauntlet for NES. When I was in second grade, my dad told me that if I got all 100s on my report card, he would buy me any Nintendo game I wanted. I did it, and I chose this game. I think it was an unlicensed game in a black cartridge. 
And I know a lot of people like the arcade version and that Rob played a version recently for the podcast and maybe kind of sort of liked it. I think that was you that he's thinking of. That was me. Yep. But I could have had anything, anything. I could have gotten Contra or Double Dragon or Tecmo Bowl or Double ooh. Dribble or Zelda <laughs> or any number of yeah, games that Zelda. were awesome oh, man. and cutting edge Just at the time. There. Instead, I chose fucking Gauntlet. <laughs> and I regretted it. In all fairness, it's not the worst game, but I can totally understand the oh, yeah, comparison. Yeah. It had a million better choices to go to. Oh, for sure. In all fairness, I don't know if it was really bad. I just didn't like it as a kid. And it tortured me to know what could have been. Yeah. <clears throat> Number three, Bible Adventures, King of Kings, what? and Spiritual Warfare. Is this one game? I think that this is one game. Bible sounds like one long-ass title. Bible Adventures, King of Kings, and Spiritual Warfare. Okay, this is multiple games. He says, these were unlicensed Bible games published by a company called Wisdom Tree, and they were awful. They were not only lame, but just not good games. I, I've heard of Bible Adventures, but I haven't heard of these other ones. Bible Adventures had a few mini games in it. In one, you played as Noah collecting animals to go in the ark. Yeah, I've seen this on uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. And you literally jumped around looking for animals and then carrying animals on top of your head like Mario carries around vegetables or pal blocks. But you could stack multiple animals and you could and you would literally have like two cows, two lions on top of your head stacked up. And so you had a list of animals and had to collect them while avoiding some obstacles and put them in the ark. The other mini the other mini game I remember was playing as David and scaling a mountain to take out Goliath. I remember you threw rocks with your sling and there were snakes you had to avoid and rocks rolling down the mountain as you platformed your way up. The second game was King of Kings and it was basically a Christmas themed game. In one minigame, you were a wise man trying to get to Bethlehem to see baby Jesus, and you rode a camel. The camel jumped and swallowed fruit, and it could spit out the fruit as a weapon similar to Yoshi. I remember that the grapes would work like a spread gun. <laughs> the second minigame was playing as Mary escaping to Egypt carrying baby Jesus on top of your head. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. You just platformed across the stage while carrying baby Jesus, again, like Mario carries veggies on top of his head, and you could drop him, throw him, etc. <laughs> In fact, I think you had to throw him to pass some obstacles. You could also drop or throw him into the water, and he would drown. <laughs> Damn. The third Bible game was Spiritual war spiritual Warfare, and it was actually the best of the bunch. Interjection. I'm so tired about talking about. I'm so tired of talking about these awful games at this point. Back to it. Spiritual warfare was a Zelda knockoff where you had to collect pieces of the armor of God. You threw quote fruit of the spirit at enemies. Some enemies were people, and when you threw the fruit at them, they would kneel and pray, and a demon would leave their body and float up and disappear. Ah. <laughs> uh. In one area, I remember there being a bar, very clearly labeled in huge letters, B-A-R, and drunk people would spill out of it to attack you. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you this game was so insane, but gameplay wise, it was the best of these three, albeit not good. I remember it had 8-bit soundtrack versions of church hymns as the music. Course, <laughs> so those games were awful and crazy and you should check them out if you can oh my gosh that sounds amazing uh number two 
John Elway's quarterback, NES. My parents got me this game for Christmas in one year, and here's why it sucked. It wasn't Tecmobile. How do you buy a football game for NES that's not Tecmobile? And, be- and beyond that, it just wasn't anywhere near as good as Tecmobile. I remember you could use a cursor to, ooh, that sounds ugly, a cursor to direct where your pass went, which was a level oh. of control that Tecmobile didn't have. That sounds bad. But I don't recall it working very well, and running plays were just trash. No jet sweeps with Bo Jackson or Marcus Allen like I love spamming in Tecmobile. And this game had a ridiculous glitch where there was a specific play that you could select and then just throw the ball deep where there was no receiver. And one of your receivers would suddenly become like five times as fast as the other players and zoom up to catch the ball. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. It is, that is a hilarious image. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> you could then literally run circles around all the other players for the entirety of the quarter. <coughs> oh my gosh. Just heads up, we're getting a Starmer now, so I may lose power. Okay. Number one, Telstar. These were Pong consoles from the 1970s. I found the name via Google. I remember this thing had fake wood inlay on off-white plastic. It was roughly twice the size of an NES and it had two knobs on it for controllers. So there were three game modes, Pong, Handball, which was one player Pong against a flat line, and Hockey, which was just lots of Pong paddles at various positions, so all moved in concert as you turned the knob. So why was it so awful? Wasn't Pong the bomb when it first came out? I'm sure it was. I'm sure the Telstar was the height of gaming excitement in the late 70s, but I got one around 1987 when all my friends had Nintendos. Therefore, this console sucked. I was playing Pong while my friends were playing Mario and Duck Hunt. My parents got me a Nintendo within a few months later. And honestly, it was probably a big purchase for them because they weren't rolling in cash around that time of my childhood. At the time, though, all I knew was I was I got a lame Pong machine instead of Mario. So that's my top five worst games I've bought or someone has bought for me. I almost included Rock Band for Xbox 360 because I bought it after I was a grown-ass adult with a career and I felt like the biggest loser ever playing it by myself. I actually almost had that game on my list as well, and it was mostly because I bought it and realized to really unlock the rest of the game, you had to spend money. It was my oh, first sure, yeah. getting trolled moment where it's like, in order to really experience this game, you're going to have to put more money on top of the already, I think it was $60 you had to drop on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, pro- I'm sure it was, or if not more, because you got the peripherals and all. <clears throat> oh yeah you're right yeah yeah it was probably well over a hundred dollars i didn't think about that maybe yeah man damn i should have had that on my list even though i played a ton of it it was still really disappointing how much money you had to spend to yeah. get it going he says i did break it out for one new year's eve party at my girlfriend's now wife house but otherwise i just didn't play it because i felt embarrassed another honorable mention for me is mission impossible for ps1 i bought a ps1 freshman year of college and bought final fantasy 7 Grand Turismo 2 and Mission Impossible. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 a That was uh, a good lineup until the last part there. <laughs> Mission Impossible was awful licensed crap. I don't recall any enjoyable details of the game and I have no idea why I bought it. That actually gives me an idea for a top five best licensed games or worst, but a lot of those. I think we've done that before, actually. Yeah, I think we have actually done that before. Anyway, I enjoy the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Charles. Thank you very Thank much, you, Charles. Charles. Very enjoyable email. That was a very enjoyable email. Top All right. Top five, I would say. Top, <laughs> top five emails. This one is um, from Bo. 
His subject line is, this was the worst. You want to take this one? Yep. Bo says, hey guys, hope you've been well the last couple weeks. We have, thank you, or at least I have. Hope you're doing well yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Very. Uh, this top five was actually harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, I was, I was actually in a very similar boat when I saw it. Yeah. Um, it's easy to think of some games that I regret <laughs> spending money on, but doesn't mean those games were just the worst. Ah, uh, well, here's, here's what I came up with. Top five worst games I actually purchased. Number one, Spore. Fucking Spore. <laughs> I was big into Maxis games, generally speaking, so a primordial soup to universal exploration, exploration sim sounded amazing. The concept still is pretty awesome. Unfortunately for me, the game I got for the $100 I spent on two copies. Wait, really? Unfortunately for me, the game I got for, for, the, $200, for the $100 I spent on two copies so many tears of sadness, frustration, and regret. Why did he, why'd you buy two of them, Boo? Yeah, I wonder why he's going to explain that. Um, <laughs> it was a meager speck of what they advertised and was expected in scope and in depth. It was, a, it was fun at parts, but once, but once I got to space, I stopped playing. Space, the final frontier. I remember being yeah. kind of excited about this game and then like just hearing about how huge of a disappointment it was when it came out. So I, never I almost bought this it. game. I'm really yeah. glad I didn't know. Yeah, same here. I remember seeing it and being like, oh, that's like an interesting concept. Like, maybe I'll give this a shot. Yep. Um, he goes on to say, uh, so he's, his previous sentence was, um, space, the final frontier. And then he says, hell nope. They made it a constant barrage of help me quests. It's impossible to do even a fraction of them without pissing off the rest of the universe by ignoring their calls for help. <laughs> Added bonus. The phases that were actually really fun were way too short and, uh, excuse me, way too too short all told uh being stuck on origin at the time really sucked too two years after getting the discs from pre-order i went to reinstall because i had babies and thought they'd find it amusing neither disc or cd key would let me play the game the drm was just so busted oh, that's fucking five lame. years yeah five years later they gave me one working copy digitally on origin i should have just bought a hundred dollars in legos or packing peanuts. <laughs> yeah you would have had a lot more fun Um, well, replace Spore at the top one would think I was talking about No Man's Sky, huh? I, I stayed away (laughs) from that one. Thanks for, thanks to this experience. Number two, Metroid, the other M. Uh, I bought it used, played it for a few hours and returned it. I almost never returned games. I was fresh off beating Metroid Prime and was very interested in a newer, potentially deeper experience. Game was shallow, baby mode the entire time and wasn't having any fun playing it. I've never heard a single good thing about other M. If I can only uh, heard terrible things. Number three is Final Fantasy IV, The After Years. Final Fantasy IV is and was one of my fa- all-time favorite RPG, hands down. When I saw this, I thought to myself, what? I can find out what happens, excuse me, happens after and spend some time with more of my favorite characters? Sweet. Must have been April 1st when they published this game. Really couldn't stand playing it. Characters I knew felt like they were written by someone who'd never see, ever never ever seen final fantasy four yet alone played it and cared <laughs> and that sucked um, i've never not heard video- of this i actually I vaguely do but i don't remember anything about it huh. um number four not a video game but mage knight i wish i never got into it and excuse me i wish i never got into and got into a longer lived tabletop i don't know game. i don't understand I don't, that okay. was a very confusingly worded sentence Okay, glad. Not just you. I was like, wait. I'm like struggling. I'm like, wait. I uh, wish I never. It was a, 
Yeah, I don't know. I wish I never got into and got it. Maybe you're saying I wish I never got into a longer live tabletop game, but that doesn't seem to make sense either. I don't know. Anyway. I think, I think yeah, okay. Uh, basically, it was a Warhammer-type clone, except with an with an RNG-based model for getting units like Warhammer, where you bought what you wanted. It was fun enough at the time, but three to four, three to $400 I spent as a young adult on it could have been used oh, wow. for much better games. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, all all these, I guess. This is oh, number so, sorry, five. Num- number five. All these, I guess. They were going to be honorable mentions, but couldn't find a fifth. Uh, really, uh, Final Fantasy VIII spent most of the time. I wish I was playing Final Fantasy VII. I hear that. Uh, next one, dear Esther. I thought uh, there was something hidden in oh, there. Oh wow! But nope. I love dear Esther. Uh, <laughs> next one, Broken Age. Uh, I paid full price for half a game. Other half didn't release till two years later on on. Or something had stopped caring by then. Puzzles also weren't puzzles. Also, really, were too obtuse most of the time to progress. Um, let's see, that was fun. I had apparently purged Spore from my mind. I had forgotten that the game existed. Apparently, <laughs> um, on to less sad thoughts. It was cool that Vegas Stakes got some recognition. I feel like it's not well known and probably the best casino game I've played. To be fair, I haven't played many since, but really don't feel I need to. Short of going to a real casino, I can just pop this on and scratch that itch. I agree. It's probably the best casino game, but I am also the same way. It's not like I've played a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, Bo says, question for you guys. Have you ever played any of the Deponia series? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? Deponia? No. Let me do this. I think I have a couple of them in my Steam library, but no, I have not played any of them. Oh, I like this art style. Yeah. Wow, really high reviews. I'll I'll probably get to it one day. No, you won't. Maybe. I might. Have you seen your Steam library? I've seen your Steam library. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. Um, he goes on to say, I really enjoyed it, but felt it probably wasn't the best gameplay. I needed walkthroughs at least once in each of them. I really love the flavor of the musical interludes, though. Probably largely why I kept playing to see what the next song was. I thought this was going to be too short, but now it feels too long. Looking forward to writing again and the next podcast. Take take care till then, Bo. Thank you very much, Bo. Thank you, Bo. Much appreciate it. Next one is from Simon. Subject line is Monkey Island and such. Actually, just Monkey Island. Ahoy, Robert and Jay. It was great Hello. to finally hear Robert's opinions on Escape from Monkey Island in the last episode. <clears throat> when he started off by saying that he'd only ever heard negative things about the game and then gave a dramatic pause, I almost thought he was going to say, I don't know what they were all going on about this game is amazing. But it was all a ploy, and sure enough, we still got treated to one of our classic Rob rants. It reached epic heights when he got to monkey combat, and that was without him even mentioning the fact that the transitions and move advantages are randomized each playthrough, so you can't even use a walkthrough. Yeah, I, I did forget to mention that. Wow. That said, I did feel a bit disappointed when Jay asked if there was anything positive about the game, and the best Rob could come up with was that some of the puzzles were okay. I do think Escape from Monkey Island does have some redeeming qualities, emphasis on the sum. Firstly, the voice acting is fantastic, even by today's standards. Okay, yeah, I, I, that's, a good, that's a good point. I agree with that. But especially when you compare it to just about any other game released around the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. Dominic Armado and Earl Bowen do great jobs returning as Guybrush and LeChuck, but even the minor characters seem to have care put into their voice characterization and performance. 
I remember being disappointed that they changed Elaine's voice actor for this game. You know, I noticed that too. And that was a little bit, uh, that was a little bit disappointing to me as well, especially because they inexplicably, inexplicably gave her a completely different accent. But when I replayed the game a couple of years ago, I actually found myself thinking that her escape from monkey Island voice suits her character better than her other voice. Uh, also, wait, where we go? Also, Props to them using an actual Australian to voice Ozzy instead of an American faking an Australian accent. It makes the deliver it makes the delivery of all his Australian slang much more effective. I also wonder if they got him to improvise a bunch of his lines, or at least had another Australian write them, because uh, because although they are obviously exaggerated for comedy, they do actually sound genuinely Australian. There's one line where he mentions Musselbrook which is a random country town in the middle of nowhere, but it just so happens to be the halfway point on the seven-hour drive to where my grandmother lives, so it was always a rest stop on family trips. Wow, that's oh, wow. really that's crazy. It totally blew my 15-year-old mind to hear it referenced in the Monkey Island game. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Uh, I also think the music is really good. I wouldn't rank it quite as high as the first three games, but I think it definitely feels consistent with the, with the series. I'd probably say the music is one thing Escape from Monkey Island does better than Tales of Monkey Island. I can happily listen to the Escape from Monkey Island soundtrack, but the Tales of Monkey Island soundtrack never grabbed me as much. <coughs> Excuse me. Although the overall story is pretty awful, there's some good di- there's still some good dialogue writing and the jokes aren't bad, probably helped by the aforementioned voice acting. So basically, I don't think it's completely baffling that the game got fairly good reviews at the time. Compared oh, sorry. to... Huh? No, it's got a, uh, you get like a weather warning. Oh, I got yeah. So basically, I don't think it's completely baffling uh, compared to other games at the time. Uh, it's, I mean, it's approximately 10,000 times better than Simon the Sorcerer 3D. Try playing that if you're ever feeling particularly masochistic. I think it does sort of make sense that Escape from Monkey Island received such fan outrage while still getting decent critical reviews. It's not so much that it's a terrible adventure game, it's just a terrible Monkey Island game. If it had somehow been a standalone game with different characters, well, it probably wouldn't have gotten as much attention without having the Monkey Island name attached to it, but I don't think it would have been as maligned either. I know I can't speak for everyone, but my main problem with it is how careless the designers were with the Monkey Island brand. There were parts where they get references to previous games wrong, which just feels sloppy, but even worse is the way that they joyfully and willingly dismantle things that fans of the series love. I still remember the sudden moment when the game turned and went downhill for me. It was when I returned to Melee Island and saw that the scum bar had been replaced with the Lua bar. It honestly felt like an insult to long-term fans of the series to see the first location from the first game just wiped out in an instant, especially in such a cheery manner. Uh, You know, I I don't fault them for that as much. I, I understand that, but like, it also is sort of explained that like, yeah, it, that's that's the reason that happened is because this evil real estate guy is taking over everything and just turning everything into an attraction. So, you know, it's it's kind of part of the. I think you're sort of supposed to be outraged at that by design. Uh, anyway, I get that that's sort of the point. Okay, yeah, she says I get that that's sort of the point of the plot, and they probably did it deliberately to try to make you care about taking down Ozzy. But I don't think that making the game world less fun to be in is a very effective way of motivating the player to continue with the story. No, I think that's very fair too, actually. And I think that's a good point because, 
Yeah, honestly, it, it is. It was kind of disappointing not to get to see the Scumbar. Um, when you get back, when you first start the game, you're like, oh, cool. I get to be at, on Melee Island. But then it's like, except for like one particular part of it in, of the town, it's all like laid out differently. And then it's kind of diff- it's kind of confusing on where you're supposed to go. And then, yeah, the Scumbar is not there. So you don't get to see that. It's like, okay, I'm back on Melee Island, but this isn't the Melee Island I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's not like as fun to be back there. I could go on to rant about all the stuff that happens towards the end of the game, but there could be someone out there who actually wants to, wants to play it, so I'll avoid spoiling it. My ramblings would never be able to do justice to the experience of witnessing such abominations for yourself anyway. <clears throat> I'd be interested to hear Robert's opinion of Tales of Monkey Island if he gets around to playing it. Yeah, I, I will eventually. I'll, I'll talk about it on here when I do. I don't know when, but I'll, I'll play it eventually. I personally, she says, I person, I personally enjoyed it at the time, but haven't played it since then. I'm meaning to replay it either later this year or early next year to see if it holds up. I guess it's technically not old enough to qualify for discussion on the podcast, but I'm sure you can make an exemption since it's Monkey Island. On that note, there. On that note, here's a bit of trivia. As of this week, we are now in the longest period there has ever been between new Monkey Island games. The time since the last episode of Tales of Monkey Island was released is now longer than the gap between Escape from Monkey Island the first epi- and the first episode of Tales of Monkey Island. Truly a sad time that we live in. Yeah, and I think it's not, I think it's going to keep going on from here, because I don't think we're ever going to get another Monkey Island game. <laughs> awesome. Very nice. Thank you so much, Simon. All right. This one is from Chase the Night Cleaner, Jay. Subject line is Ooh. episode 111. Here we come. I get the honor of reading Chase's email? Yep, you do. Chase says, Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here. Just showing up for the email section. Sorry I didn't vote last time. I like to think I'm I'm an impartial party unless it's a contest I am running between the two of you. As always, time is short. So my top five worst purchase games in no particular order. Hey, goddammit, Chase. (laughs) The uncanny (laughs) X-Men for the NES. This game was pretty close to a Gauntlet clone, except it was really bad. Talk about a disappointment. The sprite work in games like G.I. Joe or even in the original Ultra game for Teenage Mutant Turtles for regular Nintendo was still better than what LGN came up with for this turd of a game. I played it three times total. Wouldn't pay that many cents for it. Wow. Number B. X-Men and Spider-Man Arcades of Revenge for Super Nintendo. Based <laughs> loosely title. on events occurring... What'd you say? So that's a kind of awkward title. I know, I had to read it really slow. It's <laughs> like a tongue twister. Spider-Man's Arcade Revenge for the Super Nintendo. There we go. Uh, oh, no, I forgot the X-Men part. Uh, he says, based loosely on events occurring in parallel with the comics of the time. This game was a step above the uncanny X-Men for regular Nintendo, but LGN produced a very similar quality game and it was nothing nothing to write home about. So happy I rented this one instead of buying. I loved the X-Men as a kid, and every time I tried to play one of their horrible early games, it was really sad and disappointing experience. Good, things, good thing Nintendo and Genesis got their shit together because the Capcom X-Men games, the arcade cabinet X-Men games, and the mainline X-Men games on the Genesis were all amazing. Uh, number C, Dragon Ball or Dragon Power for, for, for regular Nintendo. 
This game isn't really bad, but it isn't really good. And it actually, it is a Dragon Ball Z or, or, or original series game that no one really knew about back in the day. It was, it was Nintendo hard, and we only ever beat it with the Game Genie. Wow. And when you won, the wishes you got from the dragon weren't great, and the game just kind of started over. <laughs> Overall, sucks. a bit dis- disappointing, but at least I can say I was into Dragon Ball before it was cool. It's cool again. Uh, number D, Thunder Spirits for Super Nintendo. You know when you buy a game because you think it looks cool, but you actually have no idea what you just bought? <laughs> that is what happened to me and my family when we yep. bought Thunder Spirits. Yeah, I've definitely done that before. Uh, the box looked cool, but we didn't know this game was a shoot 'em up and we, then we tried playing it, and we quickly learned that no one in my house liked shoot 'em ups <laughs> Honestly, not a bad game, but also not a game I liked or wanted. And letter E, Zelda 2 Link's Adventure for regular Nintendo. This wasn't the Zelda sequel we were expecting, and man, was it hard. I had to watch other people play it because I was too young to play it properly, and it was so tough when I was younger. Now it's just a game I have no patience for, so it's in my shit list. And that's what I've got. Yep. Question of the day. How often do you eat breakfast food outside of the appropriate hours for breakfast? Uh, pretty often. I love me some waffles. So you I will waffle definitely guy? jump into some... Yeah, I'll eat waffles every once in a while. I've actually been craving making French toast recently, so I may do that soon. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't usually eat breakfast food outside of breakfast, but um, that's just because I'm kind of lazy. And it's like breakfast food is... So, well, I don't know. I take that back because a lot of times I do take a long time to fix dinner. I don't know. I don't usually think of it. Normally, I'm like just kind of thinking of dinner. Like, and I just, what comes to my mind is like dinner type food. I just, not that I have a thing against, uh, you know, I would love like a good omelet and bacon or something like that for dinner, but I usually just don't think about that. I can eat breakfast burritos for every meal. Like, you give me eggs, bell peppers, jalapenos, onions, uh-huh. a little bit of bacon, maybe some cheese, and some simple salsa. <sighs> I could eat that every meal. I hear Holy you. shit. I hear That'd be insane. <laughs> Anyways, Chase the Handsome Night Cleaner goes on to say, I'm eating a toaster strudel right now. Just saying, okay, Chase, first of all, Pop-Tarts are better than toaster strudel. Second of all, still a good choice. Uh, no, <laughs> wrong, no wrong time for breakfast food. Thanks as always for your amazing show, gentlemen, and talk to you again soon. Cheers, Chase the Night Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Always a pleasure. <clears throat> all right. Next one is from Sam. Subject line, Fridays be sneaking up on me like what even? (laughs) I wish they snuck up on me more. Mondays, sneak up on me. Tuesdays, sneak up on me. Sneak up on dead ass. Obviously, I'm dragging a wagon over here. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Dragging a wagon. Come on, Robert. Big butt. Okay, that, uh, that makes sense. Good evening to the hosts with the most toast, I assume. Huh? How coincidental. After our breakfast discussion. Toaster strudels. (laughs) quick email this time because despite your notice on twitter i once again forgot about sensing about sensing in an email when i was i think he meant sending when i was until i was lying in bed thursday night i should have just gotten up and pounded one out and then written an email (laughs) that was good but instead i struggled to go to sleep that was actually sam's joke by the way that was not mine uh so i'm typing this email on my phone as I'm taking a break at work, good use of my time, I'd say. So my podcast is called the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sam was telling us about it. Hey, he has a podcast that somebody mentioned a while back. He says, and we asked him to tell us what it was. So my podcast is called the Backlog Monologue Podcast, but I'm planning on rebranding soon, as the current title doesn't really represent the way the show has been going. I don't know. I kind of like... 
I mean, I understand that, but I, I do like the title. Uh, that will still be the name of the podcast for now, but it'll probably change soon once my artist can create a new logo. And I suppose I'll toss out my top five worst games I've purchased. I'm going with subjective choices here as well as games I own and have actually played. Because if we're talking objectively, Kabuki Warriors would be at the top of my list. <clears throat> Fun fact, I bought Kabuki Warriors at a GameStop and the guy behind the counter gave me a weird look when I asked about it. Sort of like an, are you sure you want this piece of crap game look? I still haven't played it, but consider it a badge of honor to, so, to own such a reviled game. How have you not played it still? <laughs> okay, well, that's neither here nor there. Number five. Tecmo Classic Arcade for Xbox. I'm a sucker for compilation re-releases of old games, so this should be right up my alley, right? Well, not so much. The number of games was pretty small compared to other similar collections, and the game selection wasn't great. Rygar and Tecmo Bowl were the only standouts. Not terrible, just disappointing. Hmm. Number four, Adventures of Dino Ricky NES. It's a top-down shoot-em-up, but you're in the prehistoric ages... <laughs> And there's a pseudo-platforming involved where you have to jump over water onto small islands and you die if you touch the water. Jesus. I can't get more than about a minute into the game without losing all my lives. Holy shit. Number three, Castlevania 64. I sort of like this when it was new, but it's pretty objectively terrible. Castlevania should stick to 2D. Number two, Splatterhouse TurboGrafx-16. An extremely simple yet annoyingly difficult, for me at least, beat-em-up that seemed to focus more on shock value and gore than good gameplay. Number one, Ice Climber for NES. Wow. The only, like, one of the, like, the only person I ever have talked to who's who actually owned Ice Climber. I only have this because, oh, okay, he had this on the, he's got this on the NES Classic, never mind then. I only have this because of the NES Classic, but, but God, is it frustrating. It has some of the... Worst controls of any game I've played. I would have preferred just about any other game beyond my NES Classic than this. Wow, that really makes me want to go and play this now. I haven't played this yet on my NES Classic. Uh, somehow my short email turned into one of average length. I suppose that's what happens when I get carried away and keep writing after my break. Don't tell my boss. Thanks always for the great, for the great podcast. Stay classic, Samuel. I already emailed your boss. Sorry. I'm a tattletale. Sorry. Jay already did it. Just get stitches, and I don't care. No stopping him. Uh, okay, last one. Looks like we got a follow up from Ryan. There you go, Jay. Uh, subject line is uh, "It's Friday" with an exclamation mark. It's Friday. Sorry. Uh, Ryan says, "Hello, Classic Gaming Podcast. Here is my second email for the podcast." I've stayed fairly busy, but got some gaming in. Over the past two weeks, I've been trying to learn to speedrun Super, uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 on the regular Nintendo. Oh, wow. A game I have never finished, but my wife has. I was hoping learning the speedrun would help me accomplish that feat. It did for Final Fantasy 1, however, it ha hasn't. World 8-2 and 8-3 are fairly punishing. Yeah, I spent are. over a week trying to learn to get to World 8-4 and have yet to make it to the castle to save our princess. However, I can get to eight, uh, World 8-1 in about 2 minutes and 16 seconds. Nice. So that's a positive Damn. thing I get, I guess. Sorry, more lighting. Um, on Wednesday, I got frustrated at my lack of progress and decided to do something else. 
It is just so happens that I have the cartridge that has Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, the most common cartridge ever, and decided to try out Duck Hunt speed speedrun category. I didn't even know there was a thing. That's funny. Um, I, I have been working on game B, in parenthesis, two ducks, trying to get to 100,000 points as quickly as, as I can. My fastest time is three minutes and seven tenths of a second. That time puts me at ninth place on the leaderboard. Nice. Wow. I've been trying to get a sub three minute time, but haven't made it quite yet. You're seven tenths of a second off. Jesus, that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, in other news, there's a PAX West Street Fighter V qualifier going on tomorrow on the Army base where I'm stationed. Not enough soldiers signed up, so I bought a copy this afternoon to see how different Street Fighter V is from Street Fighter II Alpha, the last version oh, wow. I've ever played. Wow. I'll be registering tomorrow morning to see how I do. I doubt I'll go deep, but it's a free tournament, so why not? Hope you all have a great pot, uh, podcast. I'm assuming it says catch you later. You, you cut off. Oh, I think I cut it off. Let's see. Catch yo. Mama? Why do you make Catch you, a mama you all joke? again in two weeks, is what he says. Uh, good luck in your tournament. Seriously, that's super cool. Yeah, Sounds good like luck. You have, a, you have a good knack for video games, so. Yeah, I think so for sure. Street Fighter Five is very different from Street Fighter Two Alpha. Well, well, okay, I'm sorry. I have not actually played Street Fighter Five. I know Street Fighter Two is, uh, or I'm sorry, let me start over. Street Fighter Four, which is the last Street Fighter game that I played, um, it's, you know, it's it's still a basic Street Fighter game, but it's it's got a little bit of a different feel once you get into these kind of newer ones. So uh, it's fairly different, but I mean, if you're really good at Street Fighter games, which I don't know if you are or not, but if you are, you, I, I would say you probably shouldn't have too too much difficulty getting into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. And that's going to do it for emails. Another very, uh, very good email section this time. We're on a huge yeah, fucking roll on these. Yeah, thank you very much. So shoot us emails, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Again, our top five for the next episode is your favorite special moves in fighting games. Uh, do you want to jump into the current gaming subcast real quick and then we'll wrap this shit up? Yeah, I don't really have much to talk about. I've played a decent amount of Diablo 2. And beyond that, I really haven't been playing anything new. Okay. Kind of rotating between the same games. Watch a lot of StarCraft. That's about it. Oh, are you still? Yeah, I'm still really into StarCraft right now. Who are the big? Who are like the best players right now? Uh, Marine King, or excuse me, not Marine King. Jeez, um, Maru. Maru is uh, okay. probably the best Terran in the world. Um, the best Zerg is this European player. I would say he's probably top three. His name's Serral, and he is a oh. Korean Slayer, which is crazy to watch. Oh, that's cool. And then. The best Protoss right now, I can't think of his name. He's a Korean Protoss from, I think, Jin Air Wings. And he I think he just won a tournament recently. But um, the three of them are, are pretty much the most good. Serral in particular is very consistent. Same with Maru, um, honestly. Cool. Yeah, I've just been really enjoying watching StarCraft. Nice. I haven't been playing a ton, but I did uh, finish a game of Dwarf Fortress. Dwarf Fortress is such an amazing game, and it's so like, it's so like, it's almost bizarre how amazing it is. But uh, so I was playing, uh, I started up a new game, and uh, if you're not familiar with it, you probably at least know that it's like incredibly complex. Um, just as, like in in some cases, just insofar as like figuring out the UI of the game. But uh, once you, uh, the, the game is complex, not in the sense that. Like, oh, you have to be so smart to play it. It's more complex in the sense that, like, oh, it's, it's so well made. There's so, like, much kind of crazy shit 
uh, that can happen in it. And, uh, and the game is just like, has a whole lot of stuff going on. But so you, 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 you're, you start off with, uh, some dwarves and basically you're kind of like starting a fortress. And as you do it, more and more dwarves will come in, uh, you'll like get caravans of people that, that come and join your fortress. And it builds up to, you know, dozens of dwarves where you start off with seven. And in my, at my highest point in my fortress, I got up to like 70, but there, there are plenty of people who will get a bunch more than that. Um, so I'm playing and, uh, one thing that you, that you do a lot of is, is, is mining out mountains that are nearby or even into the ground. If there's not a mountain nearby, you do a whole bunch of mining and just digging as deeply as you can to see what kind of, uh, part of it is to kind of like see what kind of, uh, like, like, uh, like ore and stuff you can find in the ground. But also when, once you dig deep enough, eventually you'll find like big underground caverns that have a bunch of stuff in them. They might have like mush like giant mushroom trees that you can chop down for wood or like little plants that you can pick f- to have food and uh and stuff like that and then there's some layers there's like magma that you can use for certain things so you know i'm building up my fortress you know carving out bedrooms for everybody and you know like dining halls and all that kind of shit that you always do in a dwarf fortress game and uh i'm i'm digging super deeply i'm, I'm digging out little rooms to have like workshops and all that so the dwarves have places to build things all the typical kind of dwarf fortress stuff is going on where people are getting depressed every now and then. Uh, people are fighting against monsters that they find in, uh, in the cavern. Some every once in a while, a dwarf goes on a tantrum and ends up like attacking people and then gets killed. Um, you know, typical kind of stuff. And then, so I'm, I'm digging and digging and digging and digging. Eventually I dig like super deep and I find, I come across this super, super, super valuable, uh, stone, like some, some sort of ore. And I get this message that pops up and it says like, thank the maker. We found like such and such. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's like a hundred times more valuable than any other kind of rock in the game. Pretty much. So I start mining some of it out so I can make some stuff out of it because when you get stuff like this, you can sell it every once in a while, a a few times a year, a, uh, a, a trader will come to you carrying like tons of stuff and you can trade him like all, you know, the stuff you've made. And, and get stuff from him that you, that you need, like, like weapons and armor or whatever it is that you don't have access to or that you don't have the stuff to, to build. So if you get very valuable rocks, then you can make awesome, really valuable stuff out of it and sell it to the traders. So I start mining out these rocks. <coughs> then I get a message and it says, like, we found this, uh, we found this weird, like, pit basically underneath these rocks. And, um, and it's like, there's, there's some, you can see very deep below and there's these strange vapors coming from, uh, from the bottom of this giant pit. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Then like a minute later, like monsters just basically start pouring out of this pit coming into my fortress. And there are like, there are like mist monsters. There's like smoke monsters. There are demon roosters coming out of this thing. And they just obliterate my entire fortress. I had like four military squads. I immediately like put them all into action and had them come start fighting against these demon roosters and shit. But they like did not even stand a fucking chance. And these things came and just overran my entire fortress. The very last person they killed was my mayor who was, who was hiding on the other end of a hallway, just kind of sitting there in shock, not able to do anything. The monsters literally just walked up to her and just killed her on the spot. She was the last remaining dwarf. And then 
that was the end of my dwarf fortress. <laughs> it was a very fun experience, but uh, it was it was a despite dwarf fortress games always end in tragedy of some sort, and it's kind of part of the game was like seeing what kind of fantastic tragedy yours ends in. And for my, this is only my second full playthrough of a Dwarf Fortress game. This was a, this was a pretty good one. I thought it was pretty entertaining. So, uh, I guess we'll wrap this up. Our next game of the quarter, as a reminder to everyone, is Quest for Glory. So, uh, this is a semi new thing we've started doing this year where, uh, Jay and I will both play the game and we encourage any listeners who want to play as well to do so and write in their thoughts. About the game, the uh, the this this quarter will end at the end of September, so the end of next month. So you still got plenty of time, but don't wait off too much longer because you don't know how long it's going to take you to beat it. So Quest for Glory is what we're going to be playing. We don't know the exact date uh, that we'll be discussing it, but that'll we'll, we'll we'll announce that when we get closer to it. Aside from that, make sure you leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all of your friends to listen to us. That's a huge help to us. Send us email, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Once again, uh, our next top five is your favorite special moves in fighting games. You can follow us at Class Games Cast. You can follow me. I'm at King Octavius. Jay, do you have any uh, any parting words before we, before we jump out of this motherfucker? Always look out for number three. Okay. Didn't you? I think I feel like you said that last time, and I just, and I don't that know what. That'd be nuts. And I still don't know what it means. Perfect. I don't want you to. I just want our listeners to. Alright. Thank you everybody so much for listening. We'll see y'all in oh, not two weeks. We're not sure. Like I said earlier, it's going to be unfortunately a little bit longer in between episodes this time. Hopefully uh, no, not much longer than about three weeks or so, but uh, there, there will be a little bit of a delay because we have some stuff going on. We do apologize, but we will be back. <laughs>